Matthew chapter 13 is where we are. If you have a copy of God's Word, uh, or it'll be on the screen for you. We're reading Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. Let's hear God's Word. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he has and bought it. You can be seated. Let's pray. Father, it's a blessing to be able to come and to worship you today. Lord, we uh, are mindful, God, that you, you have given us so many good gifts. Even coming through a hard year last year for so many people in so many different ways, God, we, we come to you as the author of all good gifts, and we say thank you. Thank you for a new day. Thank you for this chance to be together, to worship online and in person, and to exalt you. God, may, uh, as we draw close to you, may you fill us up with you and stir us up for love and good deeds. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope uh, you had a great Christmas. I hope as your family was able to get together in some form or fashion, hopefully, uh, you were able to enjoy Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we, uh, my, my kids are at the age where Christmas is a lot of fun. Uh, they're kind of at this sweet spot where they're not really old enough to ask for anything too expensive. Like, I remember that as a teenager. I asked for expensive things. Uh, my kids are younger, so, you know, just a, a $10 set of Legos is like, you know, you'd think you'd given them everything imaginable. And so we had a good Christmas. It was fun. Uh, I enjoy that. And I, I, now, as a parent, I see, you know, just how, how much fun it is to see kids open a Christmas present. You know, something maybe you've thought about. Or in my case, my wife has thought a lot about a gift and uh, is giving a gift. It's just so much fun to see the, the joy and the smiles uh, over just something simple. And they are so excited uh, to open a gift. I, I wonder if you remember any special gifts you've received either this year or in years past, times where you've, you've had a Christmas or a birthday even maybe, where you, you opened a gift and it was just like, this was such a great thing. You were so excited about it. I remember a bike I had as a kid that I, I rode all the way through college. I just was, loved riding this bike, you know, this mountain bike. I was riding with some friends, you know, I thought that was really great. I remember the first Christmas that Amber and I were dating, so that would have been 2009 maybe or so. Uh, we were in college, and uh, we'd only been dating a few, few uh, months, and uh, I just, she's just so in tune with, with the way gifts should work. She bought me this pack. I mean, I, this is probably a few dollar gift, right? We're broke college students, but she bought me this pack of these like special Bible pens, you know, because Bible paper is like so thin that if you just use regular highlighters and stuff, it bleeds through. I know you're all just devastated when that happens, right? Uh, nowadays, we just use our phones, so it's easier. But back in the old days when we used paper Bibles like this, uh, she bought me this set of Bible pens. I was like, I had never seen these things. They were just perfect for writing, you know, in your Bible and it didn't bleed through. And she bought me this, uh, I, I, when I'm relaxing on a couch, I, I can't stand if I can't put my feet up. You know, like relaxing means putting your feet up in my mind. And she bought me somehow this like little contraption that was like a portable foot rest thing. Well, it was the clever, just like she knew me and bought something that was just so, you know, meaningful. And so I decided to marry her after that. No, there was a, probably a little more to that story. But I, I, knew, that, I, knew, I knew this was a pretty special person. We, when, we get, when we get gifts that are meaningful or when we see people open meaningful gifts, you, you, you enjoy that and you, 
You, you treasure that, don't you? Not just the gift, but you treasure the memory of it and the, and the moment. And, and you treasure these times that you have with family. And there's, there's something beautiful about that. And that, that word treasure is really where I want to camp out today. And, and you think of maybe treasure, you know, pirates and hidden treasure or whatever else. But, but I'm thinking Christmas morning. Not just the gift, but the, the moment. Enjoying it, treasuring it having this time together in some form or fashion. There's always brokenness and hardships that are in moments and memories, but, but you know what I'm talking about, treasuring something that's really meaningful to you. So, so let me ask you, what, what do you treasure? Not just, not just this past holiday, but, but in life, what do you really value and treasure? What is really meaningful to you? We, we are, there are physical things, you know. I, I joke about that bike in high school, but... If you stole my road bike now, I'd be really upset. You know, like I love riding my bike, so I don't want anybody to take my bike. I love riding my bike. Maybe there's other physical things. Maybe your, your car is something you treasure or your home, your house. Maybe, uh, you know, some kind of uh, hobby or something else you do. There, there's relationships we treasure. We treasure our spouse or our kids or our parents and siblings. We treasure fond memories and good things that we've gotten to do. We, we treasure all kinds of different things. God, God is gracious to us, and He loves to give good things to His children. So it's good to treasure those things. But let me ask you a really important question. And all those things that we think about, that we treasure and enjoy, where, where does Jesus rank? In, in the things that you enjoy, that you treasure, you value in your life, where does Jesus rank in the list of things that you treasure most? Last Sunday... We mentioned just our priorities in life as we start out this year and this first week of the year in prayer. And so, again, I challenge you and encourage you to mark out a time this week. Sign up online so we know we can all do this together, praying day and night for the first week of the year. And and that's one way of saying, hey, my priorities are in the right place. I want to start this year focused on Jesus. And, And I think this time of the year is a really good time to stop and ask those questions. What do I treasure most in life? And, and do my values, my priorities line up with the way that God's Word calls us to have our priorities in, stri- in line and in order? It, it can be, I think, very deceptive that, that we can do good things in life and we can, we can feel like we're on the right track and feel like we're just off by a little bit only to realize later on how, how big of a difference it is. I mean, there are good things, and if we, if we treasure good things, that doesn't feel bad, but if we don't treasure Christ most, then our priorities are not in line. And that may not feel like a big difference immediately, but, but the further we go in life, the, the more those things are going to separate. For instance, if, if, if you're off just a little bit, it can make a big difference. If, if, if you were in New York City, and you're watching planes take off, headed, headed out of the airport, right? Imagine watching the first plane take off, and it's headed to Seattle, Washington, right? So it's, head, it's headed west, and it's getting up off, you know, this huge plane that's going to go all the way across the country. You see it go across the runway and up in the air. Imagine just a few minutes later, another plane comes up, a big, another big, big plane that's going to go west, and that one's headed to San Francisco, also out west, right? If you're standing there at the airport, and you watch both those planes look off, take off, they, they would look like they're heading the same place, right? They're both heading west from New York. I mean, surely they're not much different from the beginning. But those cities are over 800 miles apart. If you're off by just a little bit at the beginning, you're heading in very different places. So here at the beginning of 2021, where where are you headed? 
What's your goal? What's your priority? This time next year, where do you want to get to? Because if you're off just a little bit, if your priorities are just not quite in the right order, it's going to lead to 800 miles and more off from where we should be going. Where are your priorities? What do you treasure most? And how does Jesus rank? Is he your top priority? To help us keep the main thing the main thing, Jesus tells two parables in Matthew 13 that are really about the same thing. He says uh, both, both of these parables about are about our treasure, uh, about what we value most. And he tells this parable about the kingdom of heaven. Elsewhere in other gospels, other accounts, Jesus often uses the phrase kingdom of God here in Matthew, kingdom of heaven. And he means the same thing. And when he's talking about this kingdom, he's talking about not, not a, a physical place like we could go to the United Kingdom, a, a, a geographic you know, country. He, he's talking about his reign, his rule. His kingdom is his, his rule over all things and specifically his rule and his reign to redeem his people to himself. To be a member, to be a participant in God's kingdom is to be walking in relationship with Jesus forever. To forever have a walk, a relationship with the Lord. So to simplify uh, maybe a much longer study and explanation for our purposes today, being in the kingdom of heaven is being with Jesus forever. And so he tells these two parables about being with himself, about being in the kingdom. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Man, just three verses, two stories, simple, beautiful, and so profound and challenging if we'll let them speak into our lives. These two parables are making the same central point that I I would give it to you this way. I'll summarize this way. Treasure Christ above all. Treasure Christ above all. In the first parable, a man finds a treasure hidden in a field. From the details given, we could picture him as kind of like a, a, what we call a sharecropper, right? He's, he's working the land, but he doesn't own the land. And so he's going along, apparently he, he's digging it up, maybe he's tilling the soil of some kind. And as he goes along, he, he stumbles upon a treasure. But that treasure doesn't belong to him because the field doesn't belong to him. But as he looks at the treasure, he realizes this treasure is more valuable than anything else he's ever owned. In fact, it's more valuable than everything he's ever owned. And he stops and thinks about it for a minute and realizes that if he sells every other single possession he has, he could buy the land that this treasure is on. And then he would own this treasure. So sure enough, that's what he does. He goes and every single possession he has, he sells it. So he can buy this field, and therefore I own the treasure inside of it. The second parable is a little bit different, but it makes a similar point. This time it's a merchant, and he has spent his his career, his, his life, his vocation is searching for valuable pearls. And he's got a collection. I imagine him buying and selling from all parts of the world, and he's always looking for the best and have the, the, the nicest pearls. And then one day he comes across the pearl. The one he's spent his whole life, and this is like the best one he's ever had. But to buy it, he's got to sell all the other ones he's ever had. Everything he's ever had. And he does just that, because when he sells that, he now has something 
more valuable than anything and everything he's ever possessed. That's the picture here of having a relationship with Jesus, knowing him, treasuring him above all, because he is the greatest. There is nothing and never has been, never will be greater than Jesus. Jesus is far and above the greatest treasure imaginable. In him, we joyously, we, we, it says in joy he sells. It, we joyously would give up everything else if we can just have Jesus. Paul writes in Philippians 3 a very similar thing. He says, indeed, whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Every good thing He's had is like, it's like trash compared to knowing Jesus. Nothing compares to Jesus. Being with Him forever is the single greatest treasure of all time. Forever and ever. And in joy He's worth giving up everything for. John Piper, uh, talking about this passage, says it this way. He says, Jesus is so valuable that losing everything on earth but getting him, getting Jesus, is a happy trade-off. I like that. A happy trade-off. We, we should be more than willing to give up everything else in the world if we gain Jesus. Now that, that you may, because we're in church, say, yeah, okay, that sounds right. But think about that for a minute. Everything, everything else, you would give up everything but gain Jesus. And that's a happy trade-off. Reminds me of what Jim Elliott, who was a, a missionary who was killed as he was uh, sharing the gospel, uh, he had written in his journal, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. He's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. My, my challenge to you this morning is, is to make that true of your life. Because here's, here's the reality. Jesus is the greatest treasure. That's actually not up for debate. <laughs> We, we don't get to decide that. Jesus is the greatest treasure in all the earth. That's not debatable. That's not negotiable. That's true. That's fact. But what is in question is whether that's true in your heart. What's up for debate, what's left to be determined, is as you face 2021, will that reality be true of the way you live, of the way that you walk, of the priorities in your life, will the greatest treasure be your greatest treasure? That's the question that Jesus' parable is asking us. Treasure Christ above all. And if we love and treasure Jesus above everything else, then, then that means it's clear. Our, our priorities are clear. If we love and treasure anything else more than we treasure Jesus, then, then we don't really know Him and and He's not really our, our Lord. He's not really our Savior. Because if we treasure anything more than Jesus, then we, we apparently don't know Him because we're not lined up with the way things really are. And so it's an important question for us to ask. Salvation is trusting Jesus. That is valuing Him, treasuring Him above everything. And as I, as I thought over this word and treasure and what this, this parable means, I, I was reminded of, Jonathan Edwards, so he was a pastor and theologian back in the 1700s, probably, if not the one, at least one of America's greatest theologians. And he, he has a word for this that I, it was really helpful to me. 
in understanding Jesus. He uses the word affections. Now, affection, when I use that word, you may think of, you know, the way a, a, a husband and wife feel toward each other. And that's, you know, that's good. Uh, but he, he's talking, what he's talking about here is, is the, what, like what Jesus is talking about in the parable. What do we treasure? What do we value? Because here's the problem. Sometimes we read words like faith or belief in the Bible, and we think of just stuff we know. Like, okay, I believe that the United States defeated Great Britain in the Revolutionary War, and we became an independent country. Like, I've read about that and heard about that, and so I think that's true, right? As best as as I can understand, that's true. That's fact, right? But I don't, like, deeply love that. Like, that's not, that doesn't form the way I live. That's just knowledge. I just, that's just information that I know. So when Jonathan Edwards talks about our heart, our affections, when Jesus talks about some of the treasure, he's not just talking about facts you know. It's good and important that you know some facts about Jesus. He is the Son of God. And He came and He lived on this earth for 30-something years and died a criminal's death, though He is perfect, and resurrected on the third day. He talked with His disciples. He appeared to over 500 people, and then He ascended to be back with the Father. That's some information you should know. You should know that as historical fact, right? But you know who else knows that? Satan knows that. Satan probably knows it better than you and me because he was there. The difference is that Satan, when he thinks about that, he hates it. He absolutely hates it. Faith, belief, trust in Jesus is not just information to know. It's information that has sunk deep into your hearts that this changes everything. This is, some, this is an affection. This is a, a treasure. This is something I value above everything else. And we say, okay, I understand. It's not just information. It's also emotion. Well, yes and no, right? We can use emotion to talk about some pretty shallow things, right? Oh, man, I love some tacos. You know, okay, that's an emotion. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about something much deeper. And emotion can be deeper, but emotion sometimes is it's shallow. It is... You know, it changes with the direction of the wind or, the, you know, whatever else is going on. Uh, emotions can be like road rage or, 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 or teenage having a teenager, you know, falling in love and falling out of love the next week. And you're like, what? You know, emotions can be all over the place. That's why I like Jonathan Edwards' description of our affections. What do you treasure? What do you value deep in your soul and in your gut? What is your top priority in life? Because if it's just stuff that's fading away, if that's your top priority, then, man, it's just here one day, it's gone, gone the next. But Jesus, he's, he's more than history, more than information, more than just a passing emotion. He, he's what we treasure above everything else. So as you think about 2021, think about where your life's heading, think about the direction you're going, what, what has that, that deepest spot in your heart? the place that you treasure above everything, is it Jesus? Is He your greatest treasure? And I think one way to kind of help evaluate where you're at with that is to take this truth, yes, from this passage, but also to take the path of this parable. Both of these parables tell a similar three-step path that I want to give to you today. So yes, treasure Christ above all else, and the way you get there these three steps. The first is you have to find that treasure, right? Treasure Christ above all else. First, you got to start with finding it. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure 
hidden in a field, which a man found. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who find on finding one pearl of great price. So if you don't treasure Christ, or if you're not sure, then, then you haven't found him. You haven't truly found him. And notice these parables are very similar, but there's one significant difference right here, isn't there? The merchant, how did he find that pearl? He's been searching for it forever. He's been looking like long and hard. He has spent his entire career in search of this pearl. And so long and hard, he's been looking and looking and looking for it. And some people find Jesus that way, don't they? Maybe you know the, the, the story of Lee Strobel and the case for Christ, this journalist who went on a mission to disprove Jesus, actually. And he was just searching the globe, interviewing all these kinds of people, doing all kinds of research. And he just searched and searched and searched and then found Jesus really is who he says he is. And he comes to know the Lord that way. Some people come to know Jesus that way. They, they have some kind of uh, just wrestling in their heart. And they can't, they can't get it out of their minds. And so they search and they search and they search. They ask questions to, uh, of people that may know the answer. They read books or search online and they try different religions. And they're just searching and searching and searching. And then one day, bam, God hits them with it and they get it. And they understand and they love Jesus. Some people come to know Jesus that way. But other people come a very different way. They find him differently, don't they? You hear how the, the first guy actually found Jesus? He's not looking or for the, found the treasure. He, he's not looking for a treasure. He's just working in the field, right? Shovel, 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 thud, thud. What is that? You know, he just, just stumbles upon this treasure. And some people find Jesus that way. They can't explain it. They don't, they don't know exactly what was going on. They weren't like in a life crisis. That they're, They just all of a sudden woke up and they met somebody and somebody started talking about Jesus and somebody led him to church and somebody brought him, to, to a, brought him a Bible and they started asking like, oh, here, here's Jesus. This, this is amazing, right? There's all kinds of different ways that, that Jesus may let us find him. But either way, we've got to find him. I don't know what your story is. I don't know why you're here today. I don't know what brought you here. I don't know how you found Jesus in the first place. But you've got to find him. You've got to find him. Treasuring Jesus starts with finding him. Are you looking for him? If you're not, I don't know what you're here for, but look for him now, you know? Treasure, if you're going to treasure him, you've got you to look for him. You've got to find Jesus. There is, if, if you haven't discovered Jesus yet, then, then you, should, you should know and you should realize this, this really is the greatest treasure. When, when you do find him, you'll, you'll find these things to be true. He is the most powerful in all the world. God created the world. He spoke it into existence. He holds the world together in His hands. And we, we may think a little bit, know a bit about how the, the, the earth revolves around the sun. We may look at God is the one holding it all together. He's the one holding together your life. He's the one that knits you together in your mother's womb. He is the most powerful being in all the world. And not just that, but He is still in control. He is looking over every detail of every body's life. Nothing happens apart from God's will. And He deeply loves you. There is no one and nothing who loves you more than God does. He has a deep, deep love for you that extends far beyond what anybody else has ever shown you in love. Because though He created you and knows everything about you, all the good, the bad, and the ugly... He still was willing to come and to add great sacrifice to Himself, pay for your sins, and invite you into an eternal relationship with Him. There is no greater love than what God has done. He is 
is truly the greatest treasure if you'll just find Him. If you'll find Him for who He is. Have you found Jesus yet? Have you found Him? Has He become your greatest treasure? And if so, then then you'll want to do the same thing that both these people in the parable did. They'll want to sell everything. You've got to find Jesus to understand He's the greatest treasure. And when you do, you want to sell. And here's what I mean by that. There is anything else that has become your top priority in life now comes down. You're willing to sacrifice anything and everything so that Jesus can be the top priority. There can be no competition when it comes to the top slot, the top priority in our lives. Dan likes to remind us there can only, there can only be one highest priority in life, right? Only one. One, one writer, uh, Craig Blomberg, said, Sometimes God calls would-be disciples to literally sell everything, like Jesus calls a, a disciple in, in, in Matthew 19. But disciples must always abandon anything that would stand in the way of wholehearted allegiance to Christ and the priorities of the kingdom. I love that, wholehearted allegiance. If your whole heart is not in following Jesus, then then there's a part of you that's that's being distracted, right? That's not putting Christ first. And so Christ is inviting us. If If you really treasure Him, then we'll sacrifice anything and everything in order to make Him first. As you look ahead to 2021, I wonder if there's some, some sacrifices that you already know you need to make. There's, there's some look things in your life that you know that, hey, if I, if I try to follow Jesus and do this, there's just, there's just going to be a struggle. And sometimes it's just as, as a matter of our calendars. I don't know about you, but with three kids and a wife that works, like we just, sometimes our calendar is just so full that just the busyness of life can be a distraction. Maybe you need to look ahead to the new year and say, Where, how do I need to just kind of clean this up so that I am make sure I'm prioritizing what matters most? Maybe there's some good things that you need to make sure are not ultimate things. You need to sacrifice some things to put Jesus first. Some of you, it's just about 30 minutes of sleep. If you sacrificed that, you really could put Jesus first. For most of us, that you know, first thing in the morning is the time we, we think clearest. And so, hey, just back that alarm clock up, 30 minutes, you know? Decide, hey, I'm going to put Jesus first literally in my day. Put Him first. And I'm going to set aside some time and I'm going to spend time with Him. Other of you are crazy night people. I don't know how you do it, you know, but the time you need to sacrifice is that last 30 minutes. You need to wait 30 minutes going to bed or, or stop, you know, tinkering around the house for 30 minutes and just sit with the Lord for 30 minutes. What, what would that look like to sacrifice just one little time every single day? Others of you need to sacrifice, maybe you're, you put job first or hobbies first or something else that's that's taking most of your time and energy and resource and 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 you've you've done doing good things you should work hard at your job but what's first what's priority number one how are you spending your time and are you putting jesus first or need to sacrifice some things others of us are looking at our lives and we say you know what there's not just good things i need to sacrifice there's some bad things some bad habits that just need to go away altogether maybe you've got uh, some a bad way that you're you know spending your time or an addiction or some kind of lifestyle choice that you know is sin and you're, you're putting it in your life and and if you're as long as you're continuing down that path that lifestyle choice you you're not putting jesus first because jesus says that's not a good path to be walking on 
And as long as you walk on it, you're saying, I'd rather do this than listen to Jesus. So if we're living a lifestyle of sin, then Jesus is not our top priority. Other people don't, aren't feeling, don't feel like you're choosing this pathway, but you're setting yourself up to continue to fall back into that. What do you need to sacrifice in 2021? What do you need to sell off out of your life so that Jesus is truly first? Sacrifices aren't easy, by definition. And so as we come to Jesus, we've got to say, I, I need your help. I need you. If I do this on my own, God, I'll just go back to it next week. But if you can hand it over to him and say, I really want to put you first. Help me to let go of these things. If Jesus is your highest treasure, you'll find him. You'll sell, you'll sacrifice, and then you'll buy. You'll buy. Now, I put it in quotes on your paper. I forgot to put it in quotes on the screen. But you understand, Jesus is not saying you purchase your salvation. hope that's clear to you. You don't buy your salvation. You don't buy your relationship with the Lord. But what he means here is that we buy in, right? You say, I, I'm in. I, I'm up for it. It's not just that I'm throwing out some bad things. I'm also taking up my, my walk with the Lord, right? I'm replacing it. I, I've let the bad go. The old, old is gone. Now the new has come. I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. I'm in. Count me in. I, I love Jesus above all. If you treasure Christ above all, then it's, it's going to show up in your life. Right? It's, there's going to be some fruit that bears, that comes from that. You're saying, I'm all in. I'm for it. I've sold the bad, and I'm up for the good. If you, in 2021, treasure Christ, then it's going to show up in a handful of ways. And I'm going to use our, our mission statement words to say what I think it's going to show up like. When you, when you buy in, when you say, I, I treasure Jesus, then in 2021, you're going to applaud God, aren't you? You're going to applaud God. And maybe that looks like doing what you're doing right now. You started the first Sunday of the year in worship. You're worship with us online. You're in here in person. I know with COVID, it's still complicated, but we've made it possible. So you can worship with us. You can put this on your calendar, right? Let this fill up your schedule. We're going to do this 52 times at 1030 every Sunday morning, right? All year long. We're going to be right here. Lord willing, we're going to be right here worshiping God. Put this on your calendar and say, for Jesus to be my top priority, I'm going to commit to being in worship, praising God publicly and corporately with us, together with my church family. And if you have to do it online, that's okay. Hey, it's okay. I understand. But maybe reach out that week especially to connect with people. Pick up the phone a few extra times so you can connect with our family and continue in relationship with Him. And let this hour, the first hour of the week, so to speak, pour over into your life so that your whole life is about applauding God. If you treasure Christ above all, then you seek His glory in every moment, in every day, not just 10.30 on Sunday mornings. Applaud God if you treasure Christ. And not just applaud God, but abide in Jesus Christ. One way this flows into tomorrow and the rest of this week is that 30 minutes tomorrow morning or tomorrow evening, some time where you're saying, Jesus, I, I want to stop and think about you. I want to focus my mind on you. I want to read the Word. Maybe you set up a Bible plan for the year or Bible reading plan or something, but just say, I'm going to devote my time to you. I'm going to abide. I'm going to spend time with Jesus. You, you, your marriage would struggle if you never have more than a, a, a one-sentence communication every day with your spouse. If you're walking with Jesus, you don't just throw up a prayer before a meal and that's it, right? Uh, you know, there are crazy days happen in marriage and with our walk with the Lord, but the regular habit of 2021 is it about abiding in Jesus? If you treasure Him above everything else, it will. You will set up a way to be regularly spending time with Him. 
And if that's true, if you're, you're applauding him, you're abiding in him, you know what you're going to want to do? You don't want to keep that to yourself. You're going to share it with other people. You're going to advance his kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. How might the Holy Spirit be guiding you and shaping you to not just keep this walk with the Lord to yourself, but share it with somebody in 2021? Does it look like using your gifts, your talents, your resources in a specific way? Listen, there are people you know I don't. There are people you know that nobody else in this room knows. There there are opportunities for the gospel to go forward and for you to serve and use your gifts that, that nobody else can do. We need you. We need you on the team, not the Infinity Church team, the Jesus team, right? We need you on the the team that's participating in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven so the gospel can advance forward. What does that look like in 2021 for you to be a part of advancing the mission of God? Only God can lead you to that answer. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for other people to do it. Don't wait for somebody else or somebody better qualified. You do it. If you treasure Christ above all, then applaud God, abide in Jesus Christ, and advance His kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't ask his permission, but Brad, I'm going to use him right, just, just right before, just a minute ago. He stopped me and said, hey, do you remember you know, some of the challenges you gave us in uh, January last year? And I said, yeah, I do, because I you know, have a mission statement, and I you know, plan these things out. He said, well, I want you to tell you, I want to tell you, and he listed off a handful of things that I said last year. He said, this, this made a big impact in my life last year, and praise God for that. He's thinking this year about where he was last year. So do that forward now. Think about January 2022. If we get there by the Lord's will, where are you going to be? Can you look back and say, I decided at the beginning of 2021, apparently Jesus is working in my life, because I wouldn't have landed on this on my own, that that I'm going to treasure Christ. I truly and genuinely treasure Christ above all. Then let that lead you to applaud God, abide in Jesus Christ, and advance His kingdom by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you are only doing that by your own gumption, you'll make it to 3 p.m. today. (laughs) And then you'll give up on it, like every New Year's resolution. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is the gospel of the kingdom of God. That He has come and He has said the old is gone and the new has come. He is transforming hearts of stone and bringing them to hearts that beat with life, the hearts of flesh. And if He has truly transformed you, then fruit will come. If you truly deeply care and treasure Christ above everything, then it will show up in 2021 and for as long as God lets us live.